Sorry, the remote's not working. Well, I've been asked to speak to you this morning on the subject of the pastor and hospitality. And did you know that there is only one place in our confession of faith where this word hospitality is found? And did you know that it so happens to be found in reference to the pastor and the particular chapter and paragraph that we've been studying during this GA, chapter 26, uh, paragraph 10. And so I'll read a portion of it to you and uh, listen closely for the word hospitality. The work of pastors being constantly to attend the service of Christ in his churches, in the ministry of the word and prayer, with watching for their souls, as they that must give an account to him. It is incumbent on the churches to whom they minister, not only to give them all due respect, but also to communicate to them of all their good things according to their ability, so as they may have a comfortable supply without being themselves entangled in secular affairs and may also be capable of exercising hospitality toward others. And so not only does our confession assume that pastors uh, will exercise hospitality uh, toward others, but doesn't it also stress the importance of sufficiently compensating uh, pastors to the extent that they will be able to have sufficient funds to show hospitality? So I want us to consider the pastor and hospitality under uh, four basic headings. Uh, and the first would be the what of hospitality. Uh, pastors are to show hospitality or be hospitable. And uh, the word hospitality uh, comes uh, from the Greek uh, philozenos. Uh, it's a compound word meaning uh, love of strangers. It's the opposite of xenophobia, which is the fear of strangers. And it's also related to the word hospital, uh, which is a shelter for the needy. By definition, hospitality means the friendly welcome and entertainment of guests in one's home. It is the quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and or strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous way. And hospitality includes the employment of our worldly property in offering a meal and perhaps a place to sleep. It conveys the idea of an open door, an open table, uh, an open home, uh, all arising from an open heart. Uh, John Brown says hospitality is kindness to strangers, to persons not generally resident in the same place with ourselves, to persons with whom we are not on habits of intimate acquaintanceship. And this kindness is manifested by bringing them to our houses and furnishing them with suitable entertainment there. And the most common form of hospitality that we find in scripture is the feeding of meals to
to guests and the opening of homes to sojourners. And there are numerous examples of this that are found uh, throughout Scripture. Uh, Abraham and Sarah uh, presented a very hearty meal to the Lord and the two angels, those three visitors that appeared uh, as Abraham was sitting outside his tent uh, in the middle of the day. You see that in Genesis 18. And then Lot brought those same two angels into his house in Genesis 19, and he gave them a place for the night, and he also prepared quite the banquet for them. Uh, we find in Acts chapter 10 how Peter uh, was staying at the home of Simon the Tanner. Uh, after Lydia was converted in Acts 16, in verse 15, she urged Paul and his companions, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon them. And uh, later in that same chapter of Acts 16, the Philippian jailer, when he was converted along with his household in Acts 16.34 says, Then he brought them, uh, that would have been Paul and Silas, uh, up into his house and set food before them. Uh, Paul later writes to Philemon, and he uh, asks him in verse 22, Prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. So uh, that's the what of hospitality. Uh, the, the second consideration would be the who of hospitality. Who is responsible to show hospitality? And to whom is hospitality to be shown? Well, first, all believers are called to show hospitality as shown in Romans chapter 12, verse 13. There Paul writes, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And Hebrews 13, 2, we read, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And then Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. So all Christians are called and expected to show hospitality, not just pastors. In fact, before a man can become a pastor, he must first display this important qualification in his life. Um, so all Christians are called to show hospitality, and all pastors are called to show hospitality, as Paul shows in 1 Timothy chapter uh, 3, and uh, verse 2, Martin, I want to thank you for saving a little thunder uh, for me today. Um, I appreciate your sensitivity on that. I was squirming a little bit uh, yesterday, thinking, oh no, he's, he's talking about hospitality. <laughs> I'm not going to have anything left to say. 
<coughs> in 1 Timothy 3, 2, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. And uh, it's worth the study in and of itself just to see the order of these qualifications and how hospitality is tucked in between respectable and able to teach. Uh, similarly, in Titus chapter 1, 7 and 8, Paul says an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. So before a pastoral candidate can become a, an overseer, he must first meet the qualification of being hospitable. And the fact that we are sh called to show hospitality to one another uh, indicates that the hospitality in mind is mainly within the Christian community. Uh, it's expressed toward fellow believers within the perimeters, typically, normally, of the local church. But more precisely, we should seek to show hospitality to a variety of character, categories, rather, in the church, like those who are needy. Uh, Jesus addresses ministry uh, to the needy in Matthew 25, uh, 31 through 40. Uh, there he um, says in verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. So there's the needy. Uh, that should be on the radar of pastors seeking to show hospitality. But then also there's a, the category of visitors, unknown visitors, perhaps who might come to your church. Perhaps they are new in the area. They could be looking for a new church home. Uh, certainly they are candidates for hospitality. Uh, the definition of a stranger is someone that you don't know. And you can invite them over for lunch that would give you an opportunity to explain to them more fully uh, information about your church and uh, seek to help them uh, find a good fit. Uh, at the very least, you can uh, greet them uh, before or after the worship service and uh, welcome them. As Jesus says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. A pastor once shared that his family attended a wedding out of town where they had to stay over the weekend and they had a very enjoyable time uh, at the church at the reception after the wedding. Everyone was so friendly and welcoming. But then the next day on the Lord's Day when they attended the morning worship service uh, at that church, no one even said hi to them. And so my brothers, this ought not to be. So there's the, the needy, there are visitors, travelers, uh, fellow believers who perhaps might be on business trips 
or they're passing through on vacation, uh, it would be good if someone might invite them over uh, for dinner so they wouldn't be forced to uh, navigate their way through the restaurants uh, on uh, the Lord's Day. Uh, if someone calls in advance and you know they're coming uh, and are going to be there, um, it would be a great opportunity to say, well, why don't you come over for lunch or uh, why don't you stay at the church? We're having a, a lunch here afterward and we'd love for you to, uh, to come. Then uh, fellow believers in the church would be another category. Perhaps there's a family or an individual that you'd like to get to know more personally. Uh, someone maybe that uh, you recognize is discouraged or depressed or has gone through um, a recent loss of uh, a loved one, uh, someone who's struggling in certain areas of their walk, uh, perhaps someone who has to drive long distances uh, from home every Lord's Day to be there for worship, uh, or maybe someone who is struggling in their walk, they're feeling lonely, uh, discouraged, um, or maybe you're feeling lonely and discouraged. <laughs> Don't wait for someone to invite you over and invite someone over to your home and uh, seek to minister to them or get your thoughts off of your, yourself and uh, be able to uh, cheer someone up and they'll minister to you as well. So you can minister to others the love of Christ through expressions of hospitality. It doesn't matter if you live in a dorm room, a mobile home, an apartment, condo, uh, a house, uh, you can still show hospitality. Uh, one writer says Christian hospitality is more than food and comfortable accommodation. It is a domestic offering of fellowship in Christ. Hospitality is simply a concrete expression of mutual love among Christians and therefore belongs with love as a general obligation in the entire congregation uh, not with the varied responsibilities of ministry determined by individual gifts. So there is the, a gift of hospitality that some people have, but all believers, all pastors, are expected to show hospitality, whether they consider that as a spiritual gift or not. So having seen the what and the who of hospitality, uh, guess what comes next? the how of hospitality. How are we to exercise hospitality? Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 9, that we are to show hospitality without grumbling. <clears throat> uh, and this is set forth in uh, the negative. It's to be without complaint or displeasure that is expressed in murmuring. Uh, also used this way in Philippians 2, 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So to exercise hospitality without grumbling or complaining uh, would seem to always imply that we do it with a cheerful attitude, that we're happy to do it. And, uh, and it uh, brings joy when we show hospitality. Um, <clears throat> one scholar says there was a certain obligation to open your home in a society like the first century world, especially with the church so small and marginalized. In this situation, it would be easy to feel put upon and used or taken advantage of 
if you were someone showing hospitality. And uh, that leads us to, to realize that Christian hospitality uh, can be difficult at times. It can be uh, tiresome, uh, costly, and even inconvenient. Uh, there's an old Italian uh, proverb, uh, a guest is like a fish. After three days, he begins to stink. <laughs> Might be a nice little plaque to put in the bedroom of a, of a guest. <laughs> we are called to show hospitality with a right heart and spirit, not grudgingly, but willingly, cheerfully. Uh, someone said this refers to exercising hospitality in a gracious, loving, generous manner without grudging of the trouble, complaining of the expense, or grumbling over the inconvenience. And so while pastors are expected to show hospitality, the environment of his home involves his wife, who often carries the weight of hospitality, of this responsibility. And if there are not any children in the home, then the pastor's wife is the one who does all the grocery shopping typically uh, ahead of time. At least my wife does. She plans the meals. She prepares them, uh, sets the table, clears the table, washes the dishes, all the while interacting with the guests who are there in uh, the kitchen. Uh, the house uh, may need to be vacuumed and dusted before the guests arrive. Uh, if they stay overnight, bathrooms uh, need to be cleaned. Uh, beds need to be ready with clean sheets. Uh, then there's the laundry afterward and the cleaning afterward. And, uh, but it also is an opportunity to uh, have intimate fellowship. And uh, the effort is always rewarded uh, with the blessing that, that comes and unless our church is enjoying a fellowship meal, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, after uh, the morning worship, uh, Sunday lunches are usually the best opportunity uh, for us to open our home for hospitality. And our church is still small enough that we can usually invite over a, uh, a couple of average size families. Our table seats uh, easily can seat uh, 12. So we like to have 12 disciples uh, in, at, uh, at the home. Uh, we might include a, a widow or college students. There's some college students who drive from the other side of Phoenix every Lord's Day to come. So they're typically uh, at our lunch table every Sunday. And uh, a, a few others who um, are uh, widows or widowers. This helps us also to get to know the flock better and for them to get to know their pastor better to see their pastor uh, with his tie off and, and relaxed in his home. Uh, we prepare extra food uh, for any new visitors that might show up that we weren't expecting. And it's an opportunity to say, hey, do you have anywhere to go for lunch? And uh, why don't you come over and uh, let us get to know you better. And uh, so we also have a, uh, a guest book that helps us to keep a memory of uh, people's visits and uh, we can look back and reflect upon uh, their time with us. And while having guests sleep in your home and eat at your table is the most uh, common form of hospitality, there's other uh, 
kinds of hospitality as well, like taking someone out to a restaurant. If you invite, invite someone out, hospitality would uh, assume that you're going to pay the bill. And uh, so, you know, don't pull those stunts where, oh, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> uh, even taking someone out for coffee, calling them, inviting them, taking the initiative and buying them a coffee is a form of hospitality. So that's the, the what, the who, the how of hospitality. And fourthly, we come to the why of hospitality. Why should we be hospitable? Well, it's a very simple answer because God says so. Uh, it's a command, and uh, it's, uh, it's something that God uh, calls uh, believers to do. It's commanded in the Old Testament in places like Exodus 22:21, Exodus 23:9, Leviticus 19:33, Deuteronomy 14:29. Uh, it's commanded in the New Testament places like Romans 12:13. Hebrews 13, 2, 1 Peter 4, 9. Uh, the person who does not love is not likely to show hospitality. In fact, uh, we see the uh, close proximity of love and hospitality uh, in the Word of God. There's a direct link uh, in uh, places like Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Uh, Romans 12, 10, and 13. Love one another with brotherly affection. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So hospitality is for all believers to exercise as an expression of their Christian love and obedience to God. And uh, not only does God command it, but secondly, he models it. I mean, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. He who feeds the birds of the air and clothes the flowers of the field, does he not also feed and clothe us? That's hospitality. Are we not guests of the Lord here on this planet? Uh, is he not the one who um, provides the hospitality, those uh, mercies every day? Uh, Perhaps the most beautiful picture of hospitality is uh, seen at the Last Supper in the upper room where Jesus first washed the feet of his disciples, later ate with them, and instituted the Lord's Supper. And truly it is Jesus who shows hospitality to us every time we come to the Lord's table to be nourished by his means of grace and uh, don't we receive hospitality? Um, he feeds us the benefits of his uh, death and resurrection. We're strengthened by his uh, free grace. And uh, so we should certainly seek to follow the example of our Lord. Uh, God commands it. Uh, he models it. Uh, he illustrates it. The examples of Abraham and Sarah, uh, Lot, uh, there is uh, the uh, woman in 2 Kings 4, 8 through 10, who uh, wanted to provide a bed and breakfast for the prophet Elisha. Um, there was uh, Moses' father-in-law Jethro in Exodus 2, 18 through 20, uh, Philemon, uh, and on and on. 
that we see examples of men and women throughout the pages of Scripture showing hospitality. But also we should do it because God blesses it. In Deuteronomy 14.29, we read, And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, <clears throat> and the widow who are in your town shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. <clears throat> and to encourage such hospitality, Hebrews 13 2 reminds readers that those who offered hospitality actually had entertained angels. And it's likely referring to Abraham and uh, Sarah and Lot. But in both of those cases, the hospitality resulted with great blessing for Abraham and Sarah because it was in that context that they were told that by that time next year, Sarah would have a son. And it was in that context of Lot's hospitality that he was delivered from the destruction of Sodom. <clears throat> the point is that we never know how far-reaching a simple act of hospitality might become. And our Lord said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And yet, even more important than entertaining the angels is the fact that when we practice hospitality, we're ministering to the Lord. As Jesus said, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So to turn our back on those in need of such things is to turn our back on Christ himself. Amen. Uh, part of this blessing is it builds up the church. Uh, Acts 2, 46 and 7, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Uh, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Uh, that's the context of hospitality. And it opens the door to the gospel. Uh, those looking in from the outside will see the gracious impact that the gospel has had on those in the church how close-knit they are, and they will take notice. But it also closes the door to heresy. We are not to show hospitality to heretics, and that's made clear in 2 John verse 10. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. So there's no hospitality for heretics. It might be a nice sign instead of no solicitors. Just put that on the front of your house. <laughs> and a final blessing is that it does honor Christ. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. It glorifies God. And as Jesus said in John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen.